0: Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. We are here in Jerusalem, a uh, special journey that began yesterday with our friends at World Mizrahi. It continues today as we broadcast from the Inbal Hotel, our headquarters here in Jerusalem. A big thank you to uh, Ronnie and his entire staff, everybody at the Inbal, for making us uh, as comfortable as possible. Much appreciated. Check out the Inbal for uh, winter vacation coming up toward the end of January, the middle of January, I would say. Plus, of course, the Inbal Hotel for your Pesach pleasure. Those of you who love to come to Israel for Pesach and are looking for a wonderful and comfortable hotel to uh, spend the holiday with your family, check out the Inbal. You can check them out online, I-N-B-A-L. It's the Inbal Hotel on Jabotinsky Street in Jerusalem. It's Arab Shabbos Parsha's Vayigash with Candle Lighting in New York at 420. I'm told Candle lighting here. 416. 416? Correct.
1: Good morning. Good
0: morning to you. How are you? I think if 416 makes sense to me.
1: Well, I, I don't I don't know what to do about it if it
0: doesn't. I guess. I'm trying okay. to think what time sunset is in Jerusalem. Well, you know, anyway. Half an hour later? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually it's 40 minutes later. Okay. That's why I'm at Do happy. you want me to check the... Um, no, you don't have to check it either. I'm sure I got to, the Pinsker lineup. I'm sure the people of Jerusalem know exactly. They know what they're doing? Know exactly what Cadillac is. They so, have it down to a science? So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, today we'll be spending time with our friends from co Publishers. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, when it comes to CORIN. We knew that this would be a busy time for them, the time around the CMA Shas. Right. Last night, though, at Binyane ho we got a taste of just how busy it is for them because their booth looked spectacular. Uh, as they were um, uh, giving out uh, uh, gifts and uh, doing a big raffle. I'm sorry
1: s- you didn't win.
0: Yeah, me I'm too. sorry I didn't win. Me too. But I'm more sorry you didn't win. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. And and um, selling a lot of great books, yeah. wonderful works, fantastic Sfarim. Uh, they had quite a presence there last night. And they're going to have quite a presence here this morning with us as we talk about some of the latest publications from Koren, and we go into a uh, an in-depth discussion about the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Bavli. Uh, which is now available at a uh, bargain basement price, as the term goes. <laughs> and uh, once you purchase that Shas uh, and have it delivered to you, there's a whole bunch of other gifts that will be provided to you right. for free because you've gone ahead and purchased the Shas. also free shipping available. Go to ko- korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B.com, for information about the Shas um, that is available, the Noe Edition, Koren Talmud Bavli. Check that out. Also special for the CMR Shots, so you can get all of Masecha's brachos for just $30. Koren's offering the Noe edition Koren Talmud by Masecha's brachos in color or black and white for just $30. Go to KorenPub.com for details, KorenPub.com for details. So it's a Friday morning broadcast for us. We're doing this a little earlier, full disclosure, a right. little earlier than we would normally do a, a live show, which would begin at 1 o'clock Israel time.
1: That's why I sound the way I do.
0: Because it's early? No, I'm kidding. Oh.
1: There's actually no good reason for why I sound the way I do.
0: Um, so today we bro- don't you
1: think people know it's me?
0: Probably not. So okay. today uh, we're broadcasting, or I should say we're pre-recording a drop earlier than our live presentation at 1 p.m. And that will afford us the opportunity to uh, bring in some special guests, uh, discuss some of Corin uh, uh, and Corin Publisher's works, and um, we'll bring you all the, uh, outside of the weekly update, which will return next week, we'll bring you all the regular features that you'll hear on a Friday, including our Yudin, who ironically is in Israel, uh, and will join us at about 8.15 this morning with his uh, words about Parashas Vayigash. So, a lot going on, mm-hmm. and uh, when, is, when is our first official guest going to be... Uh, uh, joining us in a few moments, a few minutes from now yeah a few minutes from now we'll introduce our first special guest and you'll be able to uh, who's an added
1: bonus by the way Ooh, i'm happy he reached out it more was an added bonus interesting yeah
0: so we have because su- he's not here with corin so we have surprises for the audience this morning we do we're full all of surprises aren't we all right uh let's do this from Eighton cats and come back with plenty more uh, we're at the inbal hotel in jerusalem where uh, we are again set up uh, for broadcast through Monday. Through Monday. Monday will be at Shari Tetic Medical Center here in Jerusalem and then back to New York City uh, for our regular um, uh, for our regular location of our broadcast. And Wednesday morning is crazy. Yeah, Wednesday morning is going to be an interesting one. I know we're already we're so jumping the gun, but I'm very excited about next week. Wednesday morning we'll be talking about the Hask Time for Music 32, is it? Where's I don't it? know. Ask Uri. Where's Uri Butler? Uri I Butler. Know. Do me a I favor. I think it's 32. First, or he wouldn't know. First one was January of 1988, so we could start figuring it out. And um, You got
1: tremendous. I mean, can we talk for a second about what life was like here yesterday after the broadcast was over? You conducted a great interview with Sivan Rahab Meir and with her husband Yadidia Meir. Thank you very much. Who, by the way, I mean we, we, I mean, we sort of tongue-in-cheek put them together as if they come together. Right. But in and of themselves, they are both extremely talented. And you did this great interview for United Mizrahi um, right before the CM Hashas. I should say before the keynote speaker. Um, there were three options for people to attend different lectures or, right. or, uh, or sessions, if we right. want to put it. If we want to go NCSY, different <laughs> sessions. And you conducted this great conversation with the two of them. Thank you. Um, he is. I mean, we know that she is outgoing and and ebullient and... Full of energy. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, there's him, right? who I never got to know. And I feel like I know after listening to the conversation with the two of you. And he was sort of referring to his um, Hebrew or the way he has to speak Hebrew in the United States as Ivrit Kal, right? Or he's being asked to speak in an Ivrit Kal. But um, I found him completely understandable yesterday. I don't think my Hebrew is you know, that impressive that I should be able to understand it. But he was so great, so communicative and uh, entertaining. And then he was the master of ceremonies last night for the CM Hashas.
0: Yeah, did really well. Did really well. Handled it very, very Mm -hmm. well. I have to, I I sent Sivan a a note last night, a note. I sent her a a text uh, to please convey to him how much I appreciated the job that he did last night. Uh, It was something. And... um, in general, it's just uh, they are a dynamo. They're a dynamo couple, and they're doing a lot of great work. And right. now they're shlichim for World Mizrachi in uh, the United States, as we know.
1: I liked when Yonatan Razel said it was nice to see uh, Yudidya on uh, on this side of the ocean. Right. That was a cute little... Right. And the crowd responded appropriately. But Yudidya gave you what I thought was an appropriate kavod, when he could not get over that the Minahel of Hask, the Mankal of Hask, whatever you know was was manche, here, right? Manche, the Manche right. that he was uh, he was in awe of who he was sitting with, and he said, you know, Sivan is a Choseret B'Shuvah, so she didn't grow up with Hask. He grew up with Hask. He can't believe he's sitting with Nachum. And, and he Siegel. says
0: to her, because you grew up not right. <laughs> religious, this is <laughs> imagine meeting the MC oh, of right. Woodstock. Exactly. <laughs> It <laughs> was hilarious. Exactly.
1: Woodstock, by the way, same in both languages. <laughs> right. So anybody who wasn't
0: totally following at least got that joke. And he also, when he talked about Easy Hebrew, he. Um, Referenced Charla Matchil, and that made me right. laugh. You remember Sharla I don't, but I heard was of it. Was the was the newspaper that all of us read? Who, who was it? Was done in such simple Hebrew that all of us were big shots, that we actually knew how to read a Hebrew article. Because Amazing! It, it was ridiculous. How simple it was! But that was the the function of it. The function of it was to be sent around the world so that people could actually read and learn Hebrew through uh, a newspaper article. It's one of the best ways to learn a language, right? To sure. Read the newspapers.
1: Well, I joked that my year in Israel, I knew I had. I don't want to say master the language because I think that's overstating it. But I had become comfortable enough to yell at one of the Israelis in the program that I was with in Hebrew without tripping. Exactly. That I, you know, that I made it. I still couldn't understand any of the television commercials. Those go way too fast for me. But um, but it was really quite enjoyable last night. They were
0: very impressive. You did a great session last night. So. um, And Rev Daron Peretz, the head of World Mizrahi. Yeah. Comes over to me during the actual CM I don't know when he had time for that with all the dignitaries there. Uh, he comes to me during the actual CM ha- and, and and is speaking about you know the radio show yesterday and how things went mm-hmm. and how he's looking forward to getting together with us and just you know going through everything that's going to be happening over the next few months because we know there's a big election coming up. Right. And it was just wonderful. It was just a, There he are multiple
1: elections going on here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that one's not here, but yeah. Right. Uh, he made us feel very much at home, and uh, it was really wonderful. To the point where you actually stayed for a while last night. To see I him. stayed.
1: You know, the truth of the matter is is that I only left the CM. I, I, I This is going to sound, I don't know, naive or ridiculous, but I didn't appreciate how much live music there would be. Mm. And being that I'm All in right. Avel, I just did not feel Good point. comfortable being there. Like, right. I, I, I wanted to be a part of it. And I think I was enjoying Yonatan Roselle a little bit too much. I'm like, shoot, this is not for Avil, so yeah, <laughs> Vailos is out. You know, I gotta, I gotta step out. So, so
0: I did. Were you there when you did your mayor uh, have, was having trouble remembering uh, the next singer's name?
1: No, but I, but Yoni had told yeah,
0: me about it afterwards. But
1: I'll tell you before you go to a song. The the um, and I know we're we. we i am already cutting into you know the show, but I I was in complete awe when the minister of education, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, was talking about how he was in the army for seven and a half years and completed Shas uh, during his time there. And was I
0: Rafi Eitan or Rafi... I don't know. We can it?
1: Google it in a second. Yeah, um, in a but second. either way, I mean, to, to, to be in a room where somebody is speaking to you who not only served in the Israeli army but served in the Israeli army and did Daf Yomi right. during his time in the army that for seven and a half years he, he, he served this country, he served our people, and also completed Shas. I mean, I didn't deserve to be in the room as long as I did. That is, that is a completely Raf- humbling moment. Rafi,
0: Rafi Peretz. Rafi Peretz. Peretz. Completely
1: humbling moment. Yonatan Razel saying that for the last seven and a half years he's been studying in Kolel, and so this CM is his also. I mean, what am I doing with my time?
0: And um, it's, uh,
1: It was completely
0: humbling. And um, it, I think he was the one, Rafi Peretz, who said he went to Rabavadya for a bracha before he went to the army, and a ravadi gave him a bracha, and said, and he said he wanted a gift, and he said the gift is feel, mm, right. feel me every day. Right. Anyway, uh, plenty more coming up. you will listen to a Friday morning Arab Shabbos edition of JM and the M live, almost from Jerusalem. <laughs> That's knows how to get us into the mood for Shabbos, and Shabbos in Jerusalem especially. It's Friday morning here on Air of Shabbos Parsha's Vayigash 420 is Candlelighting in New York. I thank you all for tuning in. No weekly update this week. We're in Jerusalem broadcasting. Weekly update will return next week here at JM the AM, Friday morning, 740 Eastern Time, with Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. And I know there's plenty to talk about, including the U.S. move to eliminate a... Uh, a major enemy a major iranian enemy and uh, that was uh, certainly big news this morning when everyone woke up here in uh, israel and uh, those uh, types of news items are the ones that we will discuss and analyze with malcolm next week here at JMNAM also we started a conversation a minute ago with miriam that uh, i got sidetracked the um, uh, next week's programming number one we get the opportunity on wednesday to uh, speak with the uh, people who are responsible for the has concert Jeremy Strauss and Ellie Gerstner will join us. That's Wednesday morning. Thursday morning, listen to this. Thursday morning, at least three stars of the Yeshiva University Maccabees, the men's basketball team, will be in studio at JM and the AM. We'll Facebook Live that conversation. And finally, I'll have my opportunity to speak with some of the players who are making this a memorable season for the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. And that will be Thursday morning. During JM in the AM. Are we all set? We're going to Facebook live this conversation as we introduce David Lowy to our wonderful audience. David Lowy is uh, here in Israel. You may uh, recall that very recently we played a brand new single from David Lowy. David Lowy, welcome to JM in the AM.
2: Thank you. This is a tremendous honor to be here. It's first Pre- time actually
0: wow. I'm meeting you in person. Appreciate that very much. Oh, happy birthday to you. I'm told it's your birthday. So Thank happy you. Happy birthday to <laughs> you. Thank you very much. We're at Facebook.com slash Nahum Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Who is David Lowy? Where are you from and what are you doing in Israel? I'm from a place you might have heard of called Staten Island. I've heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I know you did.
2: Um... Yeah, I've been living here almost 10 years already, which is just crazy how time flies.
0: Did you move here on your own or with a family or what? With a
2: family, already with two kids. Wow. My my oldest was two and now he's 11 and a half. Living in Yushalayim? We were in Yushalayim first for a couple of years. I was learning in Kolel. And now we're in Ramat Chemish. Very nice. Yeah.
0: So t- tell me about your musical uh, uh, career, The Path. What's going on? Musical career.
2: Um, so I guess, well, where do I begin? I mean, officially, I guess I became more well-known when I put out my first album. This is six years ago already right. now. Five, five years ago, sorry. Just five years ago. And uh, two albums later, a couple of projects. Um, yeah, Baruch Hashem singing at Simchas over here and events. Tell me Baruch about Hashem. the
0: uh, new single.
2: The new single, Shiru. So, um, it's a song that I wrote close to two years ago, but it's been like many of my songs. I have probably hundreds literally on my phone that, you know, I'm always writing new songs. This one kind of stuck in my head and I really wanted to put out something. Um, I give a shout out to my mother actually, who really loved this song and she's like, you got to put this one out. So, um, mom knows best. Huh? She does. She definitely does. And um, yeah, so we. All right. Now, the do.
0: rumor is that you're prepared to do this song live for us here? Or? I hope so. I have never done it live
2: and I've never done an acoustic live for sure not but mm. I'm in your honor this is uh I appreciate that
0: <laughs> should we set up this microphone for the guitar All we'll use this microphone for the guitar let's go for it David Lowy is here in our mobile studio at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem and he is now going to play for us what we've been playing for you which is his brand new single Shiru. he'll do this acoustic style as he said here at JMDM. you all set I am is here we go there? oh yeah
3: Oh, oh, la, la la la, oh, 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 la la
4: Slaughty, <Sings> Vani, the castra betarty, Kiata Kel, Akomimra,
3: Oli if I say me, oh, me, gotta oh, oh, eyes to see the miracles all around. oh, our and think the one up above for is unstoppable love. Oh, 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 and I just keep noticing the many wonderful things and the blessings that can be found. So come and join with me, gonna sing it out loud. Oh, she oh, do, she do, no. Unisapeti, only, oh.
0: Very nice. One of the best unplugged performances we've ever had, frankly. (laughs) That was really great. And the video is out. Video is out. Yeah, it came out two weeks ago. Has a nice number of views and the video is a story video a lyric video how would you describe it's a story it?
2: little it's a story it's basically giving over the message of shirulo which is it demonstrates people going through a little bit of a difficulty a girl losing her balloon an old man having a hard time going up steps and then we had this cute idea because the song has this like feel of like that 50s vibe. So we have these uh, ice cream parlor people dressed up All in right. pink aprons <laughs> and delivering ice cream to cheer people up and remind them that we have blessings in our life as I think ice cream gives over that happy feel and reminding them, you know, there's what to be happy about. And uh, Nice job.
0: Yeah. David Lowy, based in Ramape Chemish so so what happens I mean there there there's a music scene here that you're part of in terms yeah, of wedding sure. I mean Ramaphe
2: Chemish is filled with talent a lot of talent I'm sure you probably know a lot of the singers I'm very good friends with Ari Goldwag sure. uh, we actually just had an event in Ramaphe Chemish with a lot of the singers promoting um, a chesed for the community to try to help people make chasanas and stuff and many of the singers were there Nisan Black sure. and uh, Simcha Sussman from Shalsheles sure. and and uh, Nachman Seltzer and there's a whole chevre over there that's really really nice and Baruch Hashem yeah I'm catering towards mostly the American seaboard over here we're making simchas and events
0: very nice. Well, I appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you. David Lowy, you can check out his video online. It's called Shiru. Not hard to find at all. That's the brand new single he just sang. I think we'll wrap up this segment, if you don't mind, by going back to uh, Atayim Adi. You remember sure, that one? Hope, yeah. That was your title track. Yeah, first. Yeah. So we'll do that to wrap things up. Thank you, Thank David you. Lowy, for being here. Thank you very much for having me. We're at the Inbal Hotel. David Lowy, a special guest, a big surprise provided to us by Miriam Al Wallach, who went ahead and booked David Lowy for this musical performance. This is the title track to the uh, album that he released. I'm thinking, what, five, Five six years years ago? About five years ago. Atayim Adi, David Lowy at JM in the AM.
4: Some of this the chi modi 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 No, you don't know. No, you don't know. King at all, you know. No, you don't know. King at all, you No, you don't know. King at all, you No, No, Kimi
0: Shlomo Simcha and Huelo Kenu. Uh Shlomo Katz before that, and of course, uh, David Lowy before that here at JM in the AM. Um, Koran is now offering the Talmud Reference Package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe edition Koran Talmud Bavli. The Talmud Reference Package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the Practical Talmud Dictionary, the Gemara card and Steinzaltz's revised reference guide. The 42 volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping from korenpub.com. K O R E N Pub.com. Prices are going up after the CMHS. is a special for the CMHS. Get all of Mesechus Brochos for just $30. Koren's offering the NOE edition Koren Talmud Mesechus Brochos in color or black and white for just $30. Go to CorenPub.com for details. com for details. So last night I was handed a beautiful brand new uh, sample of a project that uh, Koran has just undertaken and we are going to um, uh, speak about this with one of our Koran representatives and guests later on this morning here at JM in the AM. And as I said, they had quite a presence last night at the Siyamashas that took place in Binyanei Haoma, a Siyamashas that was geared toward the uh, Dati Lumi religious Zionist community. And that uh, we had an amazing time there, and uh, there were a lot of highlights, including the uh the speech bar by Lau, which was so remarkable and he oh. cited he cited how he uh, spoke at the Metlife Stadium seven and a half years ago with ninety thousand plus people and then last night and they packed in Ye in the holy city of Jerusalem, and uh, how lucky we are to be part of a generation that has this much Torah study and this much Talmud study at our fingertips. It really is. Incredible, JM in the a.m. with candlelighting time at 4.20 in New York on the of Shabbos Parshas by Egosh. We're in Jerusalem at the Inbal Hotel, where I remind you that the Inbal continues to offer wonderful specials and great packages for both January vacation and for the holiday of Pesach. Check out the Inbal Hotel. You can find them online, and uh, you'll see all the uh, luxurious details about the hotel, and you'll see the uh, different specials that they have for both January and Pesach. Vacations And speaking of luxury and luxurious, uh, the Inbal has been another, uh, has been again for us, a, a wonderful base for us here in Jerusalem, a broadcast base and a uh, hotel base, and we thank them, and they tend to uh, really treat us unbelievably well here, and we appreciate it, uh, we feel like part of the Inbal family, so to Ronnie and to everybody here who... Um, Take such good care of us. A big thank you from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right? Yeah. You're uh, you're pleased with the accommodations at the Inval, I know?
1: Pleased. I told you yesterday, this bedroom is, you know, this room upstairs is nicer than my bedroom at home. There you go. Which so. is... <laughs> so... I hope Stephen didn't hear that.
0: <laughs> so. But I hope Ronnie heard that. Yes, and Ronnie would appreciate it because they just renovated the rooms uh, that they assigned to us. The, uh, the I think
1: I'm going to have to have somebody start putting fresh flowers in my room at home.
0: There you go. The rooms that have been assigned to us here at the Inbal Hotel are among the most uh, recently renovated and built rooms.
1: Oh, no, they're gorgeous. Uh,
0: rooms, and they really are beautiful. And we thank them very, very much. All right, more coming up. It's J.M. M&M and A.M. and a Friday morning Erev Shabbos as we continue. Remember, Monday we're at Charit Sinek Medical Center. Can I just give you a teaser for Monday? Tuesday we're back in studio, yes.
1: I, I, I literally in my hand just got the email. From um, Audrey at Charit Sedeck with our lineup. Yeah. It's not normal. Okay. It's not normal. I, 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 can't get o- I can't get over what she has going here.
0: I just can't get over I it. I would guess that means it's a good lineup.
1: It's fabulous. Okay. It is fabulous. And so many different things to discuss. Do you remember I told you the story about the midwife? Sure. Uh, She's on. Oh, nice. Yeah, and the architect for the new um, emergency room center, he will be on as well.
0: Hope he speaks speaks English really well. I hope he
1: speaks English very well also. You know, you and I had the opportunity to tour um, Madison Square Garden and Penn Station um, while the renovations were going on. Right. And um, the person who gave us the tour made it a point to say that... that, um, that um the word's not transportation that that, that there was no disruption of service right. at Penn Station because of the renovations going on in Madison Square Garden. So to keep that hub going at the same time while Madison Square Garden interiorly, because for people who don't know, they're in the same building. Mm-hmm. I mean you can't even call it a building. They're in the same Comfort. Manhattan Square right. block. Mm-hmm. To keep Madison Square Garden uh, be able to stay on schedule with its renovations at the same time as not to disrupt service at Penn Station, is is a Herculean fleet, a feat. Agreed. Well, for sure. Right. So to build an emergency room complex at the same time that there's an emergency room currently going and being able to fuse both and understand the needs of one in order to build the next, is is beyond comprehension. How you get that done, how you understand that, how you don't interrupt. I, 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 I'm fascinated by, by logistics in general, as you know, and I like infrastructure projects. I love when we drive from Ben-Gurion to Jerusalem and see what new road was developed and what this was. And just being able to see development, I find very fascinating. In this case, I am stunned by how they are ha- making this happen to Shari Tzedek.
0: Shari Tzedek. is doing just that. All of these renovations and innovations taking place while the regular day continues every single day, which, as you point out, is remarkable. It certainly is. More coming up. You're listening to JM&AM, Friday morning Erev Shabbos from Jerusalem.
5: Titan, títan, 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 la, títan, la 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 la
6: Aba, Yom Shabbat benucha.
3: Me'Enol Ami ba, go
5: Angieba esconde os pecados ay ay ay
3: ay 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 Galileo tu sois sa est sa dor
7: Mia Galileo
0: Jam in the AM. That's from uh, Yitzhak Fuchs here at JMN. All right, just a a, a word or two about the bad guys. Oh, okay. First situation with the bad guys is that um, Iran is not happy with the fact that the United States has killed a top Iranian military leader. Yeah, it's a terrible thing when we get rid of the bad guys. We're not going to have an opportunity to discuss this today in depth because the weekly update is not going to be on, but we will, of course, speak about it. Uh, all through subsequent shows, but uh, they're not happy. They're not happy, but... Uh,
1: but the rest of the world is.
0: It seems that the free world is, in fact, happy. Right. And the other news... I'm going to go with the good guys. The other news about the bad guys is, yeah. is, is that uh, there's a rally this coming Sunday Yeah. being done by the good guys um, because of what the bad guys have been doing. And continue to do. This coming Sunday, a solidarity march organized by UJA Federation of New York, JCRC of New York, ADL, AJC, IAC, and hundreds of synagogues and the New York Board of Rabbis. Everyone's meeting at 11 a.m. at Foley Square. That's in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And they'll march across the Brooklyn Bridge. And they're encouraging everybody to come on the march and encourage your friends to join as well. It's a Solidarity March this Sunday beginning at 11 a.m. at Foley Square in Manhattan when anti-Semitism strikes our community. We stand up and we stand together. And this Sunday we'll be marching I mean, we will not be there. We'll be here in Israel. But right. everybody over there, hopefully, will be marching through the streets, proud, united, and strong. This Sunday, Solidarity March, organized by all the uh, organizations we mentioned, plus hundreds of synagogues and the New York Board of Rabbis. They meet. Everyone meets 11 a.m. at Foley Square. The march will be across the Brooklyn Bridge. And again, we're encouraging everybody to go on the march, and we're encouraging everybody to encourage their friends to go on the march as well. So that's what's happening Sunday. 11 a.m. Foley Square, and I hope everyone heeds our advice and fits it into their weekend plans. Yeah, this has to be a priority.
1: You know, when 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 you go fishing, you catch and release. You you catch a fish, right. it doesn't fit, right. or it's too small, it's whatever. You, right. you you send it back. We are catching and releasing anti-Semites. Yeah. We are catching and releasing people who are committing crimes in New York against the Jewish community. And by the way, it's not like it stopped when we landed here. We got off the plane and all of a sudden there were more alerts. And we got off, you know, we we finished the show, there are more updates as to something else that's happened in Brooklyn. This is out of control and it needs to stop.
0: So 11 a.m. Sunday, we have an opportunity to hit the streets and make our voices heard. Uh, we should also,
1: by the way, we should also make a comment. This has nothing to do with, this is not about politics. This is about being a Jew. Of course. Yeah. And,
0: and hopefully people will feel the need to stand together and be part of it. More coming up. We'll wrap up the hour with Micha Gammerman, and then more happening from the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem with our friends from co Publishers, and more on a Friday morning broadcast. This is Jay
8: I'm <laughs> i
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener sponsored digital radio around the world, on the web and alchemistical.com and the Nahumistical Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app, that was Micha Gammerman. Benny Friedman opens up at the 7 o'clock hour. Our friends from Cohen Publishers join us in this hour with some of their historic developments. It's all coming up if you keep it at JM in the AM. <laughs>
3: Ma codo e sacodo esboro fe Show sure. Jornal em
0: such thing as coincidence, I guess, but uh, many of you recall that one of our uh, historic and most uh, amazing weeks of broadcasts here in Israel was actually in the Inbal Hotel where we sit right now, and it was uh, led by our amazing friend and incredible supporter, Mr. Barry Lieben, who um, was with us that entire week, and... um, he and I had made a commitment to each other years ago that we would actually be in Jerusalem together and broadcast together, and we were able to keep that commitment back in October of 2018, I believe it was. And as Yaakov Hagoel posts on Facebook just a few minutes ago, today we are saying goodbye to Barry Lieben, one of the pillars of Jewish and Zionist pride in the United States, a true Beitari, a Zionist activist, and a Jabotinsky student who formed the bridge between the old founding generation. And the new Beitar and Zionist generation. And what a way to put it, Yaakov. How accurate you are. May he rest in peace and his memory be a blessing. And I will add, for those of you, especially in our audience, for whom the name Barry Lieben is familiar, he was somebody who was not only a supporter of ours and somebody who took great pride in supporting the work of JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network all the time, constantly. Uh, But he uh, was an amazing friend Somebody who cared a great deal about uh, all of us, and especially about uh, me and my family. And um, we were awoken, essentially, to this news. Um, We're recording this broadcast. Now now it's about 10 a.m. here in Jerusalem on Friday, and we uh, just a, a few hours ago, maybe three and a half hours ago, were informed of the fact that he had passed away. And uh, for us, it was quite sudden because uh, it was something that, although his health was not great, we didn't expect this type of news. And um, he was somebody who's just uh, has always been there for us. We take this opportunity to extend our condolences to his wife, Cindy, and his uh, daughters and son and to the entire family, all of whom have become close friends over the years. And his funeral is going to be taking place on Sunday. It is almost unfathomable to me that I will not be able to be there at that point. But obviously, I'll be visiting with the family as soon as possible. And I'm sure representatives of uh, my family will be at the funeral on Sunday. Uh, But this is very, very sad news for those of us at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. We've lost a very dear friend. And as I said, it's a... um, O- o- almost the, the irony that we are here at the Inbal Hotel where we spent such an amazing week with him and his family uh, just a short time ago is really unbelievable. So a um, our condolences to the Lieben family and uh, may Barry rest in peace. May his memory be a blessing and he is somebody we are never ever going to forget. More coming up. This is a uh, Friday morning edition of JM in the AM and um, after we uh After we go back to the music for a moment, we are going to um, uh, begin our conversations about a very, very special um, um, uh, outfit, and that's Cohen Publishers, who have been um, at the forefront of some of the most incredible, innovative, and um, revolutionary uh, projects in the world of Jewish publishing. Uh, No other way to say it. That's all coming up next if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Mm-hmm. J.M. and the a.m. Friday morning Erev Shabbos live from Jerusalem. Koran Publishers Jerusalem is one of the world's lo- leading Jewish publishing houses based in the heart of Jerusalem. Their story began in 1962 with the release of the Koran Tanakh, the first Hebrew Bible to be entirely produced by Jews in 500 years. Known for its textual precision and elegant design, the Koran Tanakh won accolades throughout the world. Since that time, Koran has expanded its publications to texts that range the entire Jewish canon, along with works on biblical scholarship, Jewish philosophy, Jewish history, and the weekly Torah portion by leading scholars in today's Jewish world. Today, Koran is best known for the award-winning Koren Sachs Siddur and Koran Talmud Bavli with commentary by Rabbi Adin Evan Yisrael Steinzaltz. And Korin is now offering the Talmud reference package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe edition Korin Talmud Bavli. The Talmud reference package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the Practical Talmud Dictionary, the Gemara card, and Steinsaltz's revised reference guide. The 42-volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping from KorenPub.com. Prices are going up after the Siam special for the Siam Get all of Meseches Brachos for just thirty dollars. Koran's now offering the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Meseches Brachos in color or black and white for just thirty dollars. See KorenPub.com for details. KorenPub.com for details. Rabbi Avishai Magensa is the uh, uh, is the curator for the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Bavli and is the production manager. Of all Koren projects, he's been a guest of ours before when we visited Koren headquarters here in Jerusalem. We're on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Nachholm Siegel Network to see this conversation as it takes place. Facebook.com uh, slash Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi again. So, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Morning. I have to say Mazel tov to you, don't I? Because uh, the Shas is now complete, yeah. and you and the entire staff and these scholars that have worked so hard for many, many years, it would be uh, actually a seven, eight year project, right?
9: Right, yeah. a little more than uh, the seven and a half years that it takes to complete uh, Shas, because obviously we were working on Brachot uh,
0: before the beginning of uh, last cycle. Right, and did you ever fear that you might miss one of these deadlines with all the different volumes that were coming out?
9: <laughs> so absolutely, yeah, we, we were never uh, you know just uh, sure of ourselves. Uh, we took uh, great measures to make sure that uh, we can meet the, the deadlines. And uh, it is with tremendous Siata Dishmaya that uh, we really made it. We did not miss a single volume.
0: Amazing. On time. Last night at the Siyam bin Yanei HaOma, Koran had an amazing presence. Uh, beautiful booths, um, people going around, uh, giving out gifts and encouraging people to sample the new, ta- the new um, um, Talmud Bavli mm-hmm. uh, to get a taste of it. Because this coming Sunday, we're now two days away from the actual start of Mesechet Brachot, mm-hmm. from the actual start of Shas again. Are, are you feeling the energy that many people in the Jewish world are actually gravitating toward this Daf Yomi project for the next cycle?
9: Absolutely, meaning I'm, I'm generally, um, my, my general sense is that uh, Daf Yomi as a movement is gaining more and more momentum. Um, I myself am uh, privileged uh, to be teaching Daf Yomi a number of times a week and I see the diverse uh, crowd that comes to, uh, to the shiurim. And uh, I think it is becoming more and more uh, popular. And definitely this is, um, this is a uh, book that can help uh, people access, people of all different uh, backgrounds, access uh, the Dafyami.
0: No question about it. Rabbi Avisham again is with us, all right, um, you have selected a specific part of the Talmud in mm-hmm. order to do your presentation this morning. How did you arrive at the area of Talmud that you wanted to share with our listeners this morning?
9: So I wanted to uh, take something which uh, will come up in uh, DAF Yomi relatively soon. Okay. So this is uh, the DAF uh, that we're going to be learning next Thursday. Um, so it's within, uh, within a week. And I selected uh, a DAF which on the one hand um, showcases our use of colorful images and uh, background notes, um, and including um, a, a halachic aspect, and also an agada aspect, right. right? As we know in the Talmud, besides many uh, halachic Jewish law uh, discussions, we have what we call agada, which is more of the you know philosophy, um, maybe even uh, mysticism at times. Um, and Masechet uh, Brachot is very interesting in that it includes both of right. these. It's a lot uh, of both. <laughs> yeah, a lot a lot of both.
0: Do you have scholars who are specialists in halakha and scholars who are specialists in Agada?
9: So absolutely, yes. And I think that generally, I- I've seen this, you know, teaching Dafyomi, where a lot of times people feel, oh, you know, Agada is like mm-hmm. the fun stuff. Because Perfect. it's it's. It's considered easy, you can just kind of like, you know, run through, uh, it. Run through it, but really when you stop to think about it, um, really understanding how the rabbis are learning these different verses, what are the you know deeper ideas behind um, what they're saying, and also, as we'll see today, how they arrived at the, you know, the conclusions and and these uh, beautiful ideas that they're conveying, uh, in a sense, I think it might be even more difficult and more time-consuming right. if one
0: would learn agada in depth um, and not just uh, halacha. It's funny because even growing up when we were first introduced to the Talmud, many Rabbanim would say that to us, mm-hmm. that for some of you, might you might think this is easier, but if you really take this seriously, you might find it the more difficult aspect right, of right. the Talmud. Absolutely. Alright, so it, this is the daf that's going Going to be studied on Thursday, as you mm-hmm. said, from Masechet Brachot. Let me point out to our listeners, in addition to being on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Network, what you have done in terms of color coding for us, you actually color coded mm-hmm. in advance mm-hmm. this page, is on our app right now. So if someone goes to the Nahum Sigil Network app, you will see in the background of the app the actual page uh, that Ravavishai is going to uh, study with us. And, uh, and really, by way of you studying this with us through this uh, short shiur, if you will, uh, we're going to get an idea of what makes this Steinsaltz Koran Talmud Bavli mm-hmm. unique, mm-hmm. because what you're doing for us here one cannot find in any other edition of any Talmud. Correct? Right. Correct. All right. So let's get started. What are we? What are we? What are we studying here?
9: Um, so we're going to start with the third paragraph here on uh, the page. This is uh, Daf 6b in uh, Brachot. Um, So, what we're going to do here, I'm going to read the Hebrew, and anyone who wants can follow uh, with the English. As you'll notice, um, there's bold text in the English and uh, regular text. The bold text is basically the uh, direct translation of the Hebrew Aramaic, and the uh, regular
0: text is... Um, like more explanatory text. Um, That's the supplemental words that help you understand what the uh, actual um, uh, strict text is telling us, right?
9: Exactly, exactly. And um you can try this for yourself if you just read the bold text only it will make sense i'm not you know right. i cannot say that <laughs> it will definitely uh uh be grammatically correct but it will it will make sense you'll be able to um to get the gist of things um so the third paragraph is Rabbi Yochanan wa rabbio azar de amri traihu kivan shenitzterech adam labriyot panav mishtonot kkharum shenamar ki zulut livnei adam OK, so our translation is that once a person um, becomes needy and um, needs other people's assistance, so his face changes like a kirum, right? Specifically, uh, a Hebrew word um, mentioned in, uh, in the pasuk. Um, OK, so you read that kind of um, not, not exactly sure what a kirum is. So the, the Gemara continues, my kirum, right? What is this uh, kirum? Right, there is a bird, right, in the cities of the sea called Ikrum. So abroad, right, where Chazal are in uh, Bavel, Right. And they are saying that abroad, you can find um, this beautiful bird called Ikrum. And when the the sun rises, so it changes its colors. Right, So this sounds like something kind of, you know, magical, maybe mystical, right? This is something that we might uh, encounter in, in maybe like a, a fantasy story, this uh, bird that changes colors. Um, so I think that most people, the classic way of learning, you would go through this and say, okay, you know, this, this nice idea in Chazal, easy, Agadeta. I understood the words, I understood the connection between the words, now I can um, continue. However, here, if you take a look at the uh, background note that I uh, highlighted, um, it seems that this bird can be identified as the shining starling. I actually found this. like I, I you know, um, searched it on Google. There are different names for this, and this is a, also something amazing to it's point out. It's a real out. bird. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's a real bird, but what, what amazes me, and also this has been you know, throughout the, the process of um, you know, when I was uh, handling the the content, this is a translation of Rothschild's work right. 40 years ago.
0: He's already said this. He's already they, established this. They did not have Wikipedia.
9: Right. No Google. They to did look not at. have
0: Google. Right.
9: They actually knew this stuff. You could not pretend that, you know, oh, you know, you're this great scholar. You actually had to know these things. Um, and it really is amazing when you see how accurate they were. However, we did um, go ahead and at times um, update the notes based on information that, uh, that we have available today. Um, and Such uh, as what,
0: location of the bird and things like that? Like so sometimes, you know, details. sometimes, you
9: yeah, exactly, you can change details right. or, um, you know, maybe update uh, if there's a more common name, right? So like in this note, we have um, the, like the common name Shining Starling and we also have the um, the Latin name. So sometimes, you know, the, the common name might, uh, might change and it... You know, be more accessible to people um, today.
0: And I assume the photograph on the page of the Talmud is a photograph of that bird. Exactly.
9: Right? So it's a photograph of that bird. So you can see the the beauty and the and the color of it. But if you look, if you read the note itself, what's interesting is towards the end of the note, um, it says that uh, this this bird, the 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 color of this bird is unique, in that it is not pigmented, meaning it's not the actual color of the bird, rather rather the the biological um, the structure of its feathers causes the, the light that hits it right. to fracture in, in a way that may, that gives you the illusion of colors changing. So it's all about the sunlight. Exactly. It's the way the, the sunlight uh, hits this. If you want to read more about this, um, so Dr. Moshe Ranan wrote an article online, um, and he references the, the Hebrew Steinsalt and, and expands on this. And I find this very interesting because it turns it from something that you feel okay, maybe Chazal kind of maybe made up something, and, or just you know to, to convey an idea. They didn't actually refer to something in the physical wor- world.
0: However, exists. you see,
9: they are traveling, they're going places, they're seeing things, and they're incorporating that into their learning. That is a very deep educational message. They're not just like this. Um, idea that sometimes people have, okay, you know, the rabbi sat in the Beit Midrash all day long, Morning to night, uh, their entire lives, and you know, never reference the actual world. No, they're looking at the same bird that you and I can look at and say, "Wow, you know, they looked at this bird and took a message from it. Maybe I myself can, you know, find some uh, some deep message in that." So I think that's already a very um, you know deep educational message and connects this to real life. This We're is sp- not just
0: a book. We're speaking to Rabbi Avi Shaimagensa, who is the uh, content curator for the Noe Edition current Talmud Bavli and production manager of all current projects. You made a point, and I'm so glad you brought it up, because I wanted to emphasize it to our listeners, because many of them are familiar with the Hebrew Stein Zeltz that came out many, many years ago. The scholars were assigned when it came to this project to literally translate that. Mm-hmm. You weren't looking for them to add to it. You wanted them to take what Riff Steinsaltz had already done mm-hmm. and bring it to light, obviously in English as well. That was a major part of the project, uh, and I think that's important to note that this mm-hmm. was a that if you want authentic Steinsaltz, mm-hmm. this is authentic Steinsaltz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is not the scholars at Corin, you know, putting their spin on anything.
9: Right. Exactly. Um, however, I do I do have to add that at times. Rav um primarily, to my understanding, what he tried to achieve was to uh, get past the linguistic barrier um, that, that you find in the Talmud so that Israeli um, scholars would be able to access the, the Talmud. Therefore, when things are clear in Hebrew... You often left uh, left it un um, unexplained, right. right? So you would have to you would still have to you know think deeply and try to understand what the interpretation is. However, in English, we had to really translate of every course. word, of course. And therefore, at times also add the explanatory text. So in a sense, it is actually more accessible to people um, without uh, a background, whereas the Hebrew Steinsaltz um, does have like that extra step. Because, because I said. assume
0: Rav Steinsaltz, uh, when he started uh, his project, um, felt he was speaking to somebody, right? I, I assume the average Israeli, so mm-hmm. to speak, who was somewhat familiar with Hebrew and whose Hebrew, because of their knowledge of Hebrew, would help them through Chumash, through the Talmud, a little bit more than somebody whose first language was not Hebrew.
9: Absolutely. And also, I think that, you know, in Israel, it's sort of, um, my my sense is that there are many phrases from the Talmud, including in Aramaic, that are considered like high register. So, whereas, right, if someone, if someone in, you know, speaking English is using like a Latin phrase to, to kind of... Uh, give it like a higher register. Mm-hmm. So in Israel, what you would do, okay, for example, if you're listening to a judge being interviewed on the radio, you might hear him quote um, different phrases from the Talmud and Aramaic. So the, it's it's generally... Uh, you know, someone who's well-educated in Israel um, has some access already to the language of Chazal, to, uh, to the concept, and um, the major barrier would be to, to get past the, the language uh, barrier. So that's what Ruf Steinsalt, uh was trying to do, and we took it a step forward, I think, um, and made this accessible
0: to really, really anyone. Uh, is there a lot of debate about English phrases? Or is there a lot of debate mm-hmm. of, oh, Riff Steinsultz wrote this in Hebrew, here is how it really should be translated into English, and then this becomes an issue, so to speak, among your staff?
9: Yeah, so definitely there were many, many uh, discussions of, uh, of that type. Uh, what we ended up doing is we had our editor-in-chief uh, make the final the decisions, final decisions <laughs> and then we used uh, custom-made software um, for the editors and translators to be able to access the this, this database, right? Because obviously we didn't have one person going through all of Shas, uh, that we would not be able to do that within uh, this time frame. So in order to make sure that everyone is on the same page and using the same translations for the same phrases found, out, found throughout Shas, uh, so we used custom-made uh, software to, uh, to implement that. What else do you want to show us from the page itself? Um, so, if you go um, a few paragraphs uh, down, where I've highlighted this uh, too, um, so we find a uh, a more halachic uh, discussion. Although this isn't really, um, you know, the cl- a classic halachic discussion in the sense of that we'll have. Uh, differences of opinion, rather a, a halachic statement. So again, you can follow um, in the English while I read the, the Hebrew. Right? So he says you must be uh, careful, right? Our translation is uh, vigilant uh, with regard to the, uh, the afternoon prayer, right? To make sure um, to daven Mincha on time. Um, and if you take a look at uh, at the note here, quoting uh, Kliakar, uh he points out that the reason mincha is singled out is because it occurs in the middle of the day. Most of us are extremely busy. We're at work. We're doing things. we our kids and everything The most and everything inconvenient tefillah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although I, I, I heard once a joke about uh, mincha that it says, uh, of avotiknum, right? That the, the our forefathers are the ones who instituted the tfilot because then, right, a man can say, the, "Sorry, got to go to Shoal you right? know, and uh, kind of just uh, disappears. Um, so we have to uh, we have to be vigilant uh, with regard to uh, to mincha because it really is uh, inconvenient, um, and that is the time where we we stop everything we're doing and remember that there is. Uh, more meaning and depth to um, our lives. And I I actually think that this is uh, really appropriate for uh, the beginning of the cycle of Dafyomi, where um, you know many many people who study Dafyomi, right. it, it is never convenient. <laughs> I know this from experience. A lot of it, people
0: do it early, early morning or late, late at night. Right, or on the train, right. or
9: you know at work in you know, in the middle of the day. Take off uh, some time during lunch hour, um, and it, you always have to make time for it actively. It is a it, it is not something that you can just spend uh, you know a few minutes on. You really have to delve deeper into. Although I was thinking that actually, if you take a look at the structure of the way we've, uh, we've laid out uh, the page, we've br- th- I think this is really innovative in terms of breaking up the Talmud into paragraphs, mm-hmm. right? So it's bite-sized pieces. So if you really do not have an hour, you know, a full hour to sit down, um, once a day, what you could do is, you could reference um, uh, single paragraphs as a bite-sized piece. <laughs> and, right. Right, and, just, and just learn that piece. And then, you know, you have another five minutes later mm-hmm. on in the day, you can learn like the next piece, the next two pieces, and, and therefore get through the daf. Because if you look at a classic <laughs> Vilna daf, um, oftentimes it's intimidating. Oh, it's yes. like a very huge thing, like how am I ever going to get through this? Um, and I think generally that's a, that's a, you know, a very very well-accepted method of uh, productivity is taking a huge task and breaking it down into smaller pieces. And in a very visual way, we've done that here for uh, for people.
0: Do we have a stat uh, on average, how many Steinsalz, Talmud, Bavli, pages to the average daf? Do you have any idea usually? Um,
9: so I'm, I'm sure we do. I do not have that uh, What would you think? Like, it's around
0: what? Like, in this area of the Talmud it would be around six, seven pages?
9: I would guess something like that, because again, the fact that we that we did this uh, very, you know, um, open layout right. with so much uh, white space, so definitely we have to, I'd say it's, it's probably about that, you know, about three times the, the size of the original uh, Talmud.
0: It is always a pleasure to speak to you, and Mazal Tov, the, the accomplishment is absolutely incredible. Incredible, and the yeah, Jewish world, so. as you know, is taking notice and really taking advantage of it, especially now with the brand new cycle of Fiomi. Todaraba. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Rabbi Avisha Agensa. Uh, and best to your family, by the way. Don't forget the Seagulls and the Magensas go way back. <laughs> thank you. And I hope they're still uh, St. Louis Cardinal fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> More coming up. This is JM in the AM, and we are live at the uh, Inbal Hotel in Yerushalayim as we continue on a Friday. Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. In the AM. We're at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem with a big thank you to the Inbal for their hospitality. Always amazing and incredible. Thank you to Ronnie and his staff here at the Inbal. Mentioned earlier the, uh, the passing of our friend and mentor Barry Lieben. Our condolences to the Lieben family. To say that uh, we as a JM and the AM and Segal Network community are devastated by this news is an understatement. Just heard about it a couple hours ago and as you see people posting on social media... You'll get to know just what kind of uh, fighter and lover of Israel Barry was. And it was here in this building that we had the unique opportunity to broadcast uh, back in the uh, middle of 2018 with Barry and his family. And uh, it's an experience I will never, ever forget. I want to take this opportunity and wish a mazal Tov to Ruvain Rosazada and to Lori and Joe Rosazada. Tomorrow night is the Hachnasat Sefer Torah and the Bar Mitzvah celebration of Ruvain. Happening in West Orange, New Jersey, to Lori and Joe, who just joined us recently for the show we did at Heychalat Torah in Tinek. We say Mazalto from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, Stuart Hershkowitz is with us. He has been uh, an amazing friend of JM the AM for a very, very long time. Stu, of course, is um, the president, vice president. president, Thank you, (laughs) vice president, Jerusalem College of Technology. I know, I Paul, that's my mistake. I, I did have Stu's bio in front of me, but I had misplaced it. So I, sorry about that. But after all, we're old friends, so we can go through it ourselves. Thank you very much. Stewie Hershkowitz uh, is um, trained as an attorney in both Israel and the United States, member of the bar in both countries. Uh, he um, established the international division at the Bank of Jerusalem as one of the founders of the Cross River Bank in Teaneck, New Jersey. He's a board member in many prominent organizations, and has served as a member of the Board of Trustees as well as a member of the Executive Committee for the Jerusalem College of Technology, serving now as Vice President of the college and CEO of its tech transfer company. I say, Stewie Hershkowitz, welcome back to JM in the AM.
10: Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be back in Acham.
0: I appreciate that, and it was great celebrating with you last night, the beautiful Sia Mashasa Benyanei and It really was. And I ask you... Uh, Because I only discovered this about 24 hours ago that you're an avid Dafyomi fan. How did this all begin? When did you start your relationship with the one-page-per-day Talmud study?
10: So it's an interesting story, actually. Um, I've been learning for many, many, many years. Um, I learned in the Gush, and after that, I continued learning pretty much every day. But I sort of gave myself a discount and said, well, the Dafyomi is too hard. And so I would do a little bit here and a little bit there, and um, I learned at my own pace. Um, two cycles ago, a friend of mine showed me he had an Apple Shas pod, and uh, he had the whole Shas. It was an early- Edition. Right? <laughs> and um, I said, wow, you know, there's no excuse anymore. Um, between a thousand different Shurim on the internet, everything that there is- there's no excuse. And if you look in the mirror and you say, I got to do this, especially in light of the so many, that, well, we're going to be talking about sure. the Koran Shas now, which makes life that much easier. Someone um, who is very busy and has a very full schedule, um, I can tell you for myself that without it, I doubt that I could do it.
0: Wow. Interesting. Wasn't <coughs> it, was it this cycle, the one that's, that's just ending now, where you discovered the Koran Talmud Bavli?
10: So, yeah, the Koran Talmud Bavli came out for this cycle. Right. The previous one I did as well. This is my second time, thank God, finishing it, and I'm very excited to start the third.
0: What made this cycle unique in in, in terms of your experience with the Koran Talmud Bavli?
10: So the Koran Talmud Bavli, um, well, I've been using the Steinzeltz for many, many, many years uh, in Hebrew. Um, I can imagine that, but I was amazed at how... Um, they've upgraded the original steinzels, everything from the aesthetics, the printing, the the binding, the quality, um, the little pictures that they had sketched out are now really class photographs, um, the histories and backgrounds and the halacha, and um, in bite-sized pieces that you could either um, use the front of the Gemara, which is, Um, with the vowels, uh, which is certainly helpful, including in the Rashi, or you can use the English in the back, um, when you need it. And, um, it just makes it very, very user-friendly. And for someone, as I said, who doesn't have a lot of time and does it, as you said, maybe early in the morning, (laughs) what I find it very challenging is traveling. Um, I travel, as you know, I travel a lot. And um, keeping up with the schedule when you're traveling, it's just something that you know. I think that everybody prioritizes in life, Uh, sometimes knowingly, sometimes not knowingly. And a person who undertakes the daf Yomi, um, he knows that this is an integral part of his life. As um, my friends all say, the daf waits for no man. (laughs)
0: That's right. You
10: cannot fall
0: behind. Once that day ends, (coughs) then you're already behind. Stu Hirschwitz is with us. Now, are you the type that would uh, take this Talmud Bavli, the current one, to a shear, or are you generally doing this yourself through the, uh, through the publication, through the current uh, Talmud Bavli? So
10: I've almost never gone to a shear. Uh, my hours are very strange. Um, I so do this is on I've, your own you're doing this? Oh, absolutely. I've almost never gone to a shear, maybe three or four times in the last 15 years. So I enjoy doing it at my own pace. I'm a little slow, so it takes me a little longer. The And I find sometimes are a little too quick for my taste. And the great thing is, if you have a little bit more time one day, the Koran Shas allows you to get into it a little bit more. Uh, it, has the, um, it has enough material for you to look... Further, if you want to, right. to look in the Rambam, to look in the Shulchan Aruch, and I find that to be very helpful. I usually get to that on Shabbos,
0: <laughs> and that enhances the experience, to say Correct. the least. All those extras, you know. Uh, and earlier we spoke about, it and we were given a demonstration of the different notes, um, the uh, the different notes and backgrounds that are pointed out. In the Steinsaltz uh, Talmud, and all those just add to the experience. And and now that you've had two cycles of doing it yourself with different publications, you could tell us that you know this one is different. This one is a you know is unique. Let's put it that way.
10: It really is. And uh, Rosalvejik has a great vartora on um, what a sim is. Mm. And I'm going to say it tonight in my shul in Baka, where uh, we're going to have a sim. What he says is um, that. The CM is not about finishing. It's about starting. Finishing is great, but when you start again, you have to start at a different level. Finishing it the second time for me requires me and puts pressure on me to know (laughs) that the next time I do it, I have to up my game.
0: Yeah, to say the least. And
10: uh, the corn allowed me to do that the second time around, and I hope to be able to get a little bit more into it. The third time around.
0: Well, I, I know that the, the kiddishes are going to be happening this Shabbos for the end of the cycle. Based on what you're suggesting, Stu, maybe we should have a kiddush for the beginning of the cycle. That would be... Uh... <laughs> so the Rev said
10: that his grandfather would always ask for chasen breishas and not chasen Torah. Because chasen breishas is starting again right. at a higher level.
0: Phenomenal. Uh, how are things at the Machon Lev and how... Do they use Ruf Steinzaltz to enhance their learning in that wonderful institution? And Mahon Lev of course, the Jerusalem College of Technology.
10: Yeah, so we have about uh, 500 guys in our base medrash every day. Right. They learn every morning from 8.30 till about uh, 12.30. And then there's a short break, and then they go to their academic classes. The morning is on the level of any uh, top yeshiva, I would say. And um, I see that a lot of the Israelis use the um, the Hebrew version of the steinzels. And our American students, which um, we're getting more and more of them. We have over 100 American students today uh, who are studying English, um, our computer science, and our business in English completely. Uh, I see many of them walking around with the Koran Um, This time around, that it's completely finished, um, I think that Brachos... We'll see more and more of it. I was amazed last night at how many um, people um, are now into it, and it's not so much that I don't know how many people last night really finished the shas, right? But the fact that they were giving cover to the Torah and to the people who did it means that this is something that they look up to, and they're giving cover to Torah. That's, I think, the beauty of the of the all the celebrations, whether it MetLife Stadium or in Binyanei last night. And um, I think we have something coming up this week in Lev, where we'll also do Arm um, Siam, uh, and I will Yeah, be you using. probably
0: have a lot of Masaimim in JCC. We certainly <laughs> I do. I can imagine.
10: So sometime <laughs> this week, last night, Rav Rimon, who was our Rosh Hashiva, <laughs> was, was at the ceremony. And um, we're going to have our, I'll probably be doing the, the Hadron in the base medras this week sometime. And I'm amazed how many students are doing it. You know, with their very, very difficult schedules as well. It's
0: incredible. Uh, well, there you have it. Stu Hershkowitz uh, giving an endorsement, to Absolutely. say the least. An enthusiastic endorsement. Very enthusiastic. To the current Talmud Bavli. Thank you, Stu, so much. Have Thank a, you, Nach. Have a wonderful Shabbos in Jerusalem.
10: Good to be here again.
0: I appreciate that. I remind you that Curran's offering the Talmud Reference Package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe edition Current Talmud Bavli. The Talmud Reference Package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the practical Talmud dictionary. The Gemara card and of Steinzaltz's revised reference guide. The 42 volume sets now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping. Go to CorenPub.com and don't forget you can get the Mesechus Brujos for just $30. A NOE edition Coren Talmud Bavli Mesechus Brujos in color of black and white for just $30. Go to korenpub.com for details corinpub.com for details more coming up you're listening to a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM candle lighting at 420 in the New York area Simcha We're at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem It's a Friday morning broadcast Weekly update returns next week Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations returns next Friday, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at A.M. By the way before we go to our next guest uh, the Koren uh, folks last night uh, gave out a card which um which tells us when each Masechet begins on this Dafyomi cycle. I'm talking about the the upcoming Dafyomi cycle that officially begins on Sunday. So January the 5th, we begin Brachot. Uh, as an example, August the 15th of 2023, we begin Kiddushin. And on June the 7th of 2017, that is the Siyah Mashasin. I Lau pointed out last night that that will be the Siyah and The next day begins the Shloshas Magbala leading up to Shwuis, which is pretty cool. So there you have it. There you have some of the dates um, for the uh, Siam And that is, what am I looking at? 2027, not 2017. Oh, I said 2017? Yeah, so the CM the will be June the 7th of 2027. Yeah, the folks at Cohen didn't get it wrong. I got it wrong. We're on Facebook Live. Go to Facebook.com slash Nachum Segal Network. Rabbi Yedidya Naveh is managing editor of the Mikraot HaDorot series at Koren. By the way, if you're watching right now, this is the sample of the Koren Mikraot HaDorot Sefer. Um, we'll, we'll hear in a moment how big this project is. I was given a briefing about this project last night. It is absolutely spectacular. He, meaning Rabbi Navet, has held editorial positions on several major Koran publications in English, including the Koran Talmud Bavli, and the Steinsalz Tanakh, he holds a BA from Yale, Smicha from the chief rabbinate of Israel and lives here in Jerusalem, with his family, Rabbi Nave Welcome to JM in the AM.
11: Thanks, Nachum. It's great to be here. Can uh, I just say before we start that sure. it's a real privilege for me because I grew up on JM in the AM. Thank I you. was uh, grew up in Riverdale and I went to elementary school on the Upper West Side and I have nice. vivid memories of being stuck in traffic on the Upper West Side <laughs> <laughs> listening, to, listening to beautiful Jewish music. So right, it's the,
0: the traffic was not our responsibility. The Nobody great gave the opportunity. <laughs> was our responsibility. So I'm glad you have pleasant memories of those experiences. Um, I was given a briefing about this Koren Mikraot HaDorot series. Some might think I'm mispronouncing it because they're used to the words Mikraot Gedolot, which is the classic Chumash, right? Mikraot Gedolot is the one that includes so many commentaries, Rashi, Ramban, and many, many others in that classic, what usually is a five-volume set of Chumash. This is Koren Mikraot HaDorot. I don't know how much of the history of this project you know but I'm curious where it came from. Where, where, where did it start that we're going to make an adjustment to the way that the Chumash is presented?
11: Well, this, this, is, this project was born in a very uh, uh, important uh, breakfast that was eaten by, uh, <laughs> by Matthew Miller, the publisher of, uh, of, at Koran and uh, Rabbi Mar- Marvin Heyer, mm. where the two were discussing uh, contemporary learning of uh, of Torah and of Tanakh. And they mentioned to each other how what a shame it was that people don't really have access to so many important uh, commentaries of uh, the ancient time and of modern period, such as Matthew mentioned Philo, Rabbi Heyer mentioned uh, um, the Mishnah um, Aaron, Rabbi Aaron Cutler. And they uh, sort of hatched a plan where... We could maybe expand the idea of Mikot Hagdolot in order to encompass all of Jewish history from the most ancient mm. sources, Midrashim, the Talmud, all the way up to 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 modern luminaries such as the Rav, the Wawitcherebi.
0: So I will so I'm I'm somewhat accurate that you're including some of the classic commentaries, Absolutely. right? There are classic commentaries in here. At the same time, I guess with what the appropriate parasha or the appropriate Pasuk, you'll decide to add somebody who's from more contemporary times? So we,
11: we've expanded the, uh, the scope. Of the this project so much that it, since like I said it goes f- all the way b- from you know Philo of a- Alexandria and from and from the Talmud all the way till most recently Nachman <laughs> Leibwich like the only rule is you have to be dead in order <laughs> to be in order to be in the in, in the volume there was so much material that first of all we had to to select with I don't a, know how you uh, even with, a, with the tweezers that. but it was also so much that we couldn't even fit it all on the page for a given uh, for a given block of text right. so what we did is we divided the book into three different parts mm. one the first one is called uh, the, uh, f- for the one, first one is for the, for the ancient commentaries and it's called the time of the sages this is where we have stuff from Chazal. Okay. the second one I'm we call the, at that right yeah, now. the second one is called the classic commentators which are what we normally are familiar with in in Mikraot uh, these are you know we're shown medieval commentators and the third section is called confronting modernity and this is where we have uh, the more modern luminaries modern is a is, a, is right. a broad term right starting all the way back from uh, you know from even from uh, from Orachayim
0: but going all the way up to you know, Rav and Hama Lebovich. Rav Shumsh Hirsch is in that section? Absolutely. Ham McDover is in that section mm-hmm. that you just described? That's so now again, every one of these volumes will be one individual Parsha? One individual Parsha. That's, That's how big this volumes. book is. That's 54 volumes. You need an entire volume to cover just one Parsha. Right. One book a week you're taking to show with you. Unbelievable. And uh, <laughs> so people have to make room on their shelves. Yeah. <laughs> in order, in order to purchase this product,
11: luckily it's not that fat, so right. you can you, you can probably fit it on a on a good shelf. What but is
0: remarkable, first of all, everything you just mentioned is in English. Right, everything you just mentioned. In other words, when I'm looking at either a classic commentator or one of the more modern ones, it, there is a zero Hebrew text. It is all, English. Right, aside from the text of the of the Torah of itself, of the Torah, right, right? Just the text of the Chumash, and that's it. Other than that, it's all English, right? Uh, with the, uh, with this this would be the Devarimot. Right, and, right we th- th- we those refer also, you back to the text. Right, right. those would also be in uh, in in Hebrew, uh, but other than that, it's all in English, which is, I mean, going to be a tremendous, you know, treasure trove for for rabbis and for for those who, uh, you know, just want to know more and more about the parsha. Absolutely, that's the idea: is to try to take
11: these texts, which uh, at the end of the day have been a lot of the times obscure or, or difficult for the for the average reader to access and to really open it up for the English-speaking reader in the most accessible
0: way possible. When will this be released to the public? This
11: should be released to the public uh, pretty soon. I don't think we have a final, we have a final date next yet. Next few weeks, but like that type of thing?
0: This is a question for Matthew. The quote yeah. that was given to yeah. me by the people that you work with at co mm-hmm. is that sometime in the next several weeks, the first volume that will sounds, be available. That sounds right. And then at what pace will these be released?
11: They're going to be released at a rate of, the plan is, five books a year. So we're planning on releasing this over 10 years. It's a major project, but a book every two months is a lot when you think about everything that
0: we're packing into this, a lot of material. Uh, I think, the, I think the, after we described what it took in order to get the, um, the shots uh, and the time commitment it took to get the shots done on time, so to speak, The timetable you're describing, you know, tells us just how voluminous a project this is. Uh,
11: Absolutely. I think one of the big distinctions that that uh, it's interesting to note between this and between the Talmud Bavli project, which is that uh, the Talmud Bavli project really... uh, it employed a veritable army of scholars. Right. Really, we had a tremendous number of people working on it. it, was, it, was, it this is much more circumscribed in terms, of the, in terms of the manpower. We have a small, dedicated work, team working very, very hard uh, in, order, in order to get this out.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and on the Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app next week. Uh, our weekly update will return with Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Today we are celebrating last night's Siyah Mashas in Jerusalem with our friends at or Rabbi Yedidya Naveh is managing editor of the Mikroot HaDarot series, that's what we just described, Mikraot HaDarot, uh, which is of course a big, big project that's being undertaken now by our friends at Koren Publishers here in Jerusalem. And um, again at the at the rate of that you just described, one can only imagine how much work's going into this. Are the big arguments what you alluded to earlier, what to include in each one—that's those are the big fights in the office. <laughs> the the milchamto shel torah, as we say. Is, so that, thank, is that what it's come down to? So thank God
11: we, we if we if we let that if we if we let that uh, become a subject of uh, of debate, it would be it would be never ending. We have a a, a great privilege of working with our editor in chief, Rabbi Shai Finkelstein, he's the rabbi of Nitzanim uh, uh, Congregation sure. here in Jerusalem. Uh, tremendous Talmud chacham, and he is in charge. That is his central job in this project is to pick the material, and he goes through an unimaginable amount of of uh, of texts from the Rishonim and Achronim and from Chazal in order to pick out really what it will be most interesting to us today. Obviously, there's no magic you know number of how how exactly you can or silver bullet you know, which is the right one to pick. So somebody's going to be unhappy no matter what you put out.
0: Well, yeah. the reason I'm laughing is because uh, I'm always amazed when someone's able to quote a Rashi and mm-hmm. Like you know, you'll ask a question and they'll say, "Oh, it's a Befaris Rashi and Chumash," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And <laughs> He addresses it. The people you're describing need to be familiar with every one of, you know, uh, 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 everything that's said by so many different commentators.
11: Well, the, You must the, be impressed with that group. It's tremendously impressive. It's it's a, it's a really talented group of people. And I just want to say, since you spoke to Rashi, this is the last section of it. We're packing a lot into this book. This book, if you turn it over and open it like a Hebrew book, it right. opens from two sides. Yeah, I saw that. If you open it like a Hebrew book, you'll find a full, all-new translation of Rashi, unabridged, every single, here, you can look it over, over here, uh, The every single uh, uh, um, article that Rashi wrote, every single Liborah Machil, is translated in full.
0: Now, why would Rashi get this special treatment? Why, why do you think? <laughs> I'm asking, I don't know. Because he's Rashi. <laughs> <right>?
11: <laughs> I think we, we, we all, we all right, Rashi is is, is, is the, the most important of the, of the, of, of the, of the, of the classic so we commentators. Need to delve he deeper. is, right, he is the, he, he is really the, he, it's him that so many later commentators are responding to. Mm. It is him that so many the most well-known uh, sources from hazal are experienced we experienced them through him because he really was sort of the original aggregator and picker when he when he when he you know, to presenting all this
0: i heard a ashior a few months ago someone describing how close we were to losing the manuscripts of rashi how close we were in jewish history and that how how different we would we would be today without his commentary on chumash which you just described as the essential commentary on N- No humashi.
11: question. And, and even today we have some, many different manuscripts of Rashi. Uh, and uh, to that extent we're very indebted to a previous Koran project, the Chumash Israel, which was put out with a, 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 a new very accurate uh, rendition of uh, Rashi from the most reliable manuscripts in uh, a uh, newly released, at this point it's not so new anymore right. but Koran Rashi font. Uh, so I recommend that also for anybody. Which it's also in this volume so you'll be able to And by see the it way, there.
0: for those who don't think that the Rashi font also had its discussions, and maybe I could say arguments as well, there was a whole uh, a system that you went through in order to, or that the people at Koren went through in order to get that Rashi font to its final conclusion.
11: It was a fascinating story. They actually found uh, sketches that were made by Eliyahu Koren uh, and never published or released, right. uh, and were able to. They were partial, but they were able to build the remaining uh, the remaining letters off of the ideas that they were able to get from this material. So it really is authentic Koren uh, font.
0: Rabbi Na'avad, tell me about the people you work with, because it seems like you are surrounded by just incredible scholars, and that. Yeah. <laughs> Koran is unique, and this is not a comment about other publishing houses, etc., but it seems that, that you're in an environment that is uh, unprecedented in modern Jewish history.
11: It is a real privilege to work at Koran, because not only do we have uh, really, you know, top people in the in the sort of publishing end of the thing, but we also have in the content side. Uh, if you come to Koran, uh, the Koran offices in Jerusalem, you'll see that there are two sides of the office. One is the side that handles, you know, the the, the business and the, and the, the projects <laughs> and the sales, and one side is devoted to content. and this. In Includes uh, both, uh, say, Rabbi El- Eliyahu Misgav, who is our, our art director, a brilliant designer. He helped design a lot of the of the of the Koren Rashi font uh, that we see here. So much of the of the of the beautiful Koren design that we all experience today is really uh, is really indebted to him. Uh, on the, we also have just in the, in the sort of, uh, we call it the Beit Midrash Department, tremendous <laughs> tremendous uh, scholars like you know, Rabbi David Fuchs and Rabbi Inon Hain who are responsible for, uh, for uh, you know, editing and copy editing our Tanachim and, for, and, and our Sidurim. And it's such a privilege working with people who are so venerable and also just tr- you know, tremendously um, wonderful and warm people to work with.
0: You're in Israel how many years?
11: I've lived in Israel since 2011. That's and, eight years. And now. the reason I'm Nine asking years.
0: is yeah. because I don't know <laughs> if the people here in Israel understand what's happened over the last 10 years in terms of Corin's influence in the diaspora. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you know, sales would reflect it and certainly reputation would reflect it. But it's a much different world out there right now because 20 years ago, I could point to a lot of groups of people that would not be at all familiar with Koran, and now there are synagogues and institutions where everything is directed to Koran.
11: Absolutely. I, mean, I remember, you know, in the shul that I grew up in, this is sort of at the beginning of this revolution when the new Koran you know, Sidur first right. came out uh, and uh, and how the the, old, the Sidurim in our, in, our, in our shul were replaced by these new, beautiful uh, Koran uh, Sidurim. It made a tremendous impact on me personally. And so when coming to Israel, eventually... Uh, I, I spent a lot of time working on the Talmud Bavli with the Steinsaltz team, and then eventually coming to Koren itself was for me just a tremendously experience.
0: Well, they're doing quite a job. Were you there last night? Were you at the big celebration? I'm
11: sorry, I had to miss it.
0: It was something, and the presence that Koren had there was unbelievable. So distinguished. Uh, their booth looked amazing, and uh, they were giving out uh, samples of brachot for people to get into the dafyomi, and uh, the selection that's now available from co publishers is unbelievable. It's incredible. In every you know, category imaginable. But it sounds like you're going to be immersed in the chumash for a while. <laughs> I, I am, but we have lots of other
11: projects in the pipeline. So I'll just tell everybody to keep their eyes peeled because there's a lot more where that Could came you give
0: from. me one teaser? What's one of the things that uh, that yeah. would be interesting to us? Wow.
11: One teaser, I think we uh, one thing we have in the pipeline now uh, is a, uh, and it, I, I don't want to, you know, it, it, it's right. really it's very, while. very, very beginning right. stages, uh, but it's a, a, a young adult chumash that might be used as a, could be used as, as a textbook in schools. Um, that's something that could be a great complement to this, and, and features a lot of the, sa- of the same translations. Oh,
0: and actually, yeah. parsha by parsha, that would be perfect for a school. I mean, that's you know, that, that's the way schools do it usually. And, right. but, but, they spend but, a lot of time. But each one of year the great things
11: about that is that there's going to be uh, Hebrew text together with the English text of the commentary to really allow the student to to, to, to compare them. And obviously, there will be less than you have in here. We have a much greater uh, uh, selection because. Uh, Having only English gives us the space on the page. But uh, but that's going to be a great feature of that
0: project. Rabbi Yedid this has been a real pleasure. Thank Thanks, you so Nahum. much. Thanks, It's been a pleasure. Unbelievable. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You want to see this conversation as it took place in Jerusalem this morning. It's Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up on this uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Remember, the weekly update with Malcolm Homeline returns next week. Uh, he is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We speak with him next week, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time, here at JM in the AM.
12: Adon, Adon, Ola Mashermala Beterem Kol, Yetzir, let let nasa be hetzokol, as I shemo shemonikra, as I mele, shemonikra, ve aharek yklot, yklot hakol, le im loch norah, le im loch norah, ve uhaya, ve uo ve, אשר מלאך וטרם כל יציר נברא לעת לעת נעשה כל אזי מלאך שמו נקרא אזי מלאך שמו נקרא ואחרי ככלות ככלות הכל לבדו עם נורא לבדו עם נורא והוא I'm <laughs>
0: J.M. in the A.M. with the oil Sharabi and Adon Olam. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, uh, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire list in the audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum.
13: Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayigash. I have the privilege of being in Eretz Yisrael and will describe to you in a moment an incredible event which happened last night here and tonight in Eretz Yisrael for which we welcome Nachum which we'll get to in a moment. I just want to begin by saying that Parshas Vayigash is an especially emotional parsha. We have the reunification of Yosef with his brothers, Yosef with Binyamin, Yosef with his father, and a lot of crying in this parsha of unification. Talking about unification, wow! Now, I missed the one, the Sia Mashas in Life, where between 80 and 90 thousand Jews, Baruch Hashem, got together. And I had the privilege of being last night at the Siam Shas in Yerushalayim. And I welcome Nachum and give great Kavod to him, Kolo Kavod, for coming tonight and being at the World Mizrahi Siyam HaShas in Binyanei Houma. It's so hard to describe to people if you are already learning Gemara, be it on a regular basis, or be it yomi, uh, then you don't need to hear from me what the learning of Gemara does for you. But those who are not yet into the learning of Gemara, I strongly urge that if you need the assistance of by an art scroll Gemara, and start with brachos, as indeed the Jewish world will be starting this forthcoming week. And to give you just a quick understanding, the Gemara in Gittin, daf samoch Amid beis, teaches in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Lokaras Hakurish baruch bris in Israel, the covenant that God established with the Jewish people, Elo Bishvil dvorim shabal It's rather based upon the covenant, the oral law, Shinemar, and he cites the posok at the end of Parshas Kisiso, ki al pi Korati itcho bris the literal translation of this verse is based upon these teachings I have established a covenant but Hashem says the words Alpi and the Gemara in Gitin 60b understands it to mean divarim p, oral words meaning there's a written law and there's an oral law Moshe came down from Sinai, and he said, look, in the Torah, the Torah speaks about tefillin. <speaking in Hebrew> That's it. Four different places, but the Torah doesn't say how, what, when, These, what's in the tefillin, in the tefillin shel yad. It's all on one parchment in the head fillin. It's four different uh, parashios in four different compartments. None of this is found in the written Torah. All of this is found in the oral Torah. And interestingly, while the written Torah is something that the entire world can see, and indeed, they've incorporated it so you go to any hotel and you open the drawer of the night table the nightstand and what are you going to find the Gideon Bible how is it that you don't find a volume of art scroll Talmud there's so many different volumes and the answer is because the Torah says God has made a special covenant between him and the Jewish people based upon the oral law. It's ours. When we study it, we become a partner with God in the development, in the study of His Torah. We become literally partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so, if you're not yet into it, give it a shot and go and see what so many celebrated in MetLife last night and are still celebrating tonight in Eretz Yisrael, and once again, Yashakoch to Nachum for coming. In this week's parsha, the Torah tells us how important is the study of Torah that Yaakov of Vinu is on his way down to Mitzrayim, and Hashem has promised him, don't worry Yaakov, I'll tira." Don't be afraid. I'm going to make you a great nation there. And then what does God say to him? Ya'akov. I'm going down with you. And I'm coming up with you. Now Ya'akov's response to that, which is found in the middle of Hamishi, is found at the very beginning of Shishi. Pasuk 28, in chapter 46, there's Yehuda. The Torah tells us that Yehuda, Yaakov, sends before him Goshna. Now what's he sending before him? So the first understanding is literal. To find a place to be a scout for proper real estate. But the second pshat of Rashi is the horos to teach the Sakilo based Talmud to establish a yeshiva. Shemisham Tetsehoroa. From there will come the teaching. A Jew needs a yeshiva, a Jew needs Torah. And that brings us to our last topic, and that is. This coming Tuesday is a We fast because the Babylonians put a siege around Jerusalem, which lasted approximately two and a half years. And as a result of that, unfortunately, the inhabitants lost their strength and their morale. And right after that came the destruction of the first temple. It is the beginning of the end of the first Pesam Mingdosh. It is a f- day fast from dawn till when the stars come out at night time. And the Rambam writes that there are days in chapter 5 of Tanis. the very beginning, there are days that all Israel fasts for the purpose of arousing their hearts to recognize that God is in this world, and we have to live up to our responsibility. Our responsibility by studying His Torah, our responsibility by ridding our community of the unfortunate Sinas Chinam, which caused the destruction of the second Beis Hamigdash, for which we are still mourning and reminding us that we are to focus on the fact that when 80 to 90,000 Jews gathered together, not only to experience total silence when they prayed Mincha and mayriv but Jews literally of every walk, chassidim, misnagdim, what you would call the modern orthodox together with the yeshiva community, the entire Jewish community celebrated one idea, the centrality of Torah, Torah is ma'achid us, unites us, and this uniting of the Jewish people should lead us to, please God, conduct ourselves in a much better, sweeter manner to each other. If so, we are going to be one serious step closer to our Geula. Shabbat Shalom to all.
0: Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem, where we thank everybody at the Inbal for their hospitality, of course. Uh, It's a Friday morning broadcast, our weekly update with Malcolm Honlein, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, returns next week. So make sure to be uh, tuned in for the weekly update. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Oh, there there you go. And... um, and uh, we are here with uh, uh, Professor Halevi, who's, of course, the long-time, the long-time Director General of Sharet Sedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. We will not use the words outgoing or former. We can't We can't do that, Professor Halevi. Well,
14: my formal uh, title now is President of the Hospital. Ah, there you go. But Spoken I'm definitely the outgoing uh, CEO of the hospital after running it for 31 years, from 1988 to 2019, mid-2019, uh, and it's a different life and not a different life. Right. Um, I guess that's what you want to ask me about.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that, that's for sure. I'm curious what you thought of the celebration in New York. What did you think of that evening when we were all together uh, just over a month ago celebrating your stint at Shari Tzedek? Yeah,
14: well, first of all, I have a very strong feeling of Hakarat of gratitude, to all the people in the US and in Israel that worked behind the screen and behind my back to prepare this (laughs) dinner in my honor. And I'm very grateful to the many donors who together gave over $2 million, around $2.3 million in my honor. It's really uh, a big sense of uh, privilege, things that were said then. Uh, I gave uh, a short speech about, uh, if you were there, you heard about the road not taken deliberating about what would have happened uh, to me and to many patients if I took a different road when I was at the crossroad at the age of 38, when the late Mr. Ludwig Jesseson uh, suggested to me, offered to me, to come to Shear My wife gave the Radina, gave a very, um, you know, heart, speech from the heart, about the heart. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was quite an experience, I must say. It was, uh, it was some celebration. It should be an humbling
0: experience, but it was quite an experience. It was really amazing. Professor Alevi is Thank with you. us. It is difficult to maintain a hospital. It takes a lot of money. It takes great personnel. It takes a lot of ingenuity. And these days, with the ever-changing world of technology and medicine, it's almost impossible to keep up to date. Um, I know that you surround yourself and you're... Whole organizations surround themselves with, with amazing people, great medical professionals. But am I right that it's just one of these that one of these races that is so difficult to keep up with?
14: Well, some professionals, but to be fair, most of them are from the healthcare arena. Right. Say that this is the most uh, difficult job on earth. I I disagree. I think the most difficult job in the world is to run the state of Israel <laughs> and to be the prime minister of Israel. And you can see what's. Uh, Happening these days, for better and for worse, and uh, what really ingenuity, resilience uh, it takes really to uh, to be the prime minister of Israel. But now, seriously, running a hospital is a difficult job because you really have to combine medical, administrative, um, you know, leadership, interpersonal skill abilities in order to do it successfully. And you're 100% right. The world of medicine is changing so rapidly and it's becoming more and more difficult to stay up to date, uh, to keep um, the hospital financially uh, viable. Uh, you can see around us, even in Israel, those that are not governmental hospitals, not right. Kupat Kholim hospitals, are all uh, suffering and I take great pride of the fact that we were able to do it. Uh, And we were able to do it with the help of many friends from uh, around the world. Um, I think that the key to success is exactly as you said, you pinpointed it, to surround yourself with good people. And by good people, I mean people in leadership roles in the hospital, namely, mainly not only your colleagues in the management team, which is very important, but all the heads of departments. In Sharetzedek today, there are 120 heads of departments, units, and services. If you concentrate on the departments with beds, the heavy departments, the main departments, we're talking about 25 departments. If the head of the hospital is able to mend these departments with heads that, in my view, abide by five criteria where they are considered to be superb. Nobody is an angel, including not heads of hospitals. But if you aspire to that, that every head of department would be a mensch, a leader in the discipline that he's about to manage, top managerial skills, a good researcher, and a good teacher. These are the five qualities. If you aspire to that and you can achieve as close as the maximum on these five arenas, the head of the hospital can really not go to sleep, but can be satisfied that things are done. And that's what I devoted my 31 years, you know. Fundraising was important, and the hospital would not exist without it, but it's a side job. It took between 10 to 15% of my time. As I said, at the New York dinner, I made thousands, hundreds of new friends. But the main task of the hospital director is really to select the best people to man key positions because such a personality will attract the best deputies, the best senior
0: physicians, the best nurses, the best residents. So it's not the money, and I'm being serious when I say it's not the money that keeps you up at night. It's not. That's not, as you said, fifteen percent. It's not. That's not what gives you the sleepless nights. The sleepless nights are is the ma- actual management of the hospital yeah. and making sure everyone's doing their job.
14: No, there, there are many sleepless nights and many reasons for a sleepless night. including financial. First and foremost, yeah, I mentioned the financial. But if you want to grade, sure. to grade them from, really, the point of view of the amount of anxiety, that is induced when things don't go well. First of all, it's an unexpected death or unexpected disability of a patient that you feel that you could be could be avoided. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, if uh, a new mother, if a patient in labor loses her life, and it's that's the tragedy of a head of a hospital. A woman who comes for a happy occasion to the hospital, she's supposed to leave the hospital, you know, they came, one or she and the husband, and uh, they are supposed to leave three, and she does not leave the hospital. And it's interesting to say, and this is the tragedy, it happened in my 31 years five times.
0: Do you actually remember the number of times? Of course, time? I remember,
14: and remember the names and every occasion <sighs> because it is so meaningful. Um, but uh, I don't know if meaningful is only a positive term or you can use it in, um, in this sense. And it's very interesting because at least 50% of the time when a mother in labor loses her life, and don't forget, that in these 31 years, they probably will look on the average, take mm-hmm. 15,000. So there were about 450,000 deliveries in Charitza that can And we are talking about five cases. And most of the times, it's amniotic fluid embolus, which is unavoidable, and you can't do much. And we did as much as possible, rushing her to the operation theater and so on, resuscitation. But still, this is something that will give you, not one sleepless night, but many, many days of sleepless nights. Now, there are other cases of patients that you feel that, you know, thank God they are very, um, very... Unusual, but it happens in the life of a head of a hospital that you feel someone come not out of surgery alive or comes out with a disability where you feel that it could be avoided. That's the most difficult situation. Uh, the second is uh, definitely the financial. If you uh, cannot pay salaries, and Shari' Tzedek is what we call a public-private hospital, we are public in the way that we are not for profit. We are public in the way that we develop our services according to the needs of the community, and not according to financial considerations and others. We are private because we are not owned, not by the government, not by Kupat Holim, not by one of the HMOs. We are owned by an international board of directors, counting around 36 people from all over the world, who were elected for the first time in 1873 by the founders of the hospital? Mm-hmm. Wow. Of course, none of them is still officiating, <laughs> but you know they replace one another, and they are the owners. They hired my services 32 years ago. They uh, could fire me now, uh, three months' notice. All through these 31 years, and I'm grateful to them that they didn't, and. Uh, and they are responsible. They are accountable to the public that the hospital is run smoothly, without corruption, and with the best medical care. And it's the CEO of the hospital that has to implement this policy.
0: You know, one of the interesting things, I'm just going back for a moment to what you told us about these five cases. I, I think many of the people listening, and, and myself included, um, are surprised to know that you know of all these cases. That these cases that, that in your position, in your lofty position in the you know, in the hierarchy of the hospital, you may not even be informed of certain things or or be brought up to date on, on things like that. And believe me, I know how important a situation like that is. So just that you're aware of it and that it ends up causing you the aggravation and pain. That it does is, is pretty remarkable. You're right, but I do believe
14: without false modesty that every head of a hospital knows about this case. It's very unusual. It's always unexpected. Uh, there are standing orders for the staff that every unexpected death should be informed, right. let alone this. And I was informed on all of them when the patient was alive. Right. And I rushed to the hospital because I think... That the staff needs my support at that time, although I'm not a gynecologist right. and the family. I could not add anything and of course right. the family and actually the head of the hospital should act together with the social worker as a liaison between what's happening in the resuscitation efforts that usually take place in the operation theater near the uh, delivery rooms. Communication. And the the family, and the family. But I would not concentrate on that because, again, each one of these cases is really a disaster. But don't forget, it's five out of 450,000 right. <laughs> almost, almost babies half a million born. Birth. So I don't want any uh, yeah, pregnant woman to be panicked <laughs> that Perf- she is a candy. It's a very, very <laughs> rare situation, but very dramatic.
0: Professor Alevi is here, uh, and we're looking forward to our visit to Shari Tzedek this coming Monday. On that topic, we were discussing this earlier. You're always going through renovations and expansion. It seems like it's never-ending, and I think that's a good thing, that it's never-ending. And now the emergency room is a big focus, cancer center, big focus, a lot of things going on. One of the things that was pointed out here on this show earlier today, though, was that the hospital operates to full capacity, even through all, through all of those situations. How is that possible?
14: Okay. It all depends where you build. We were in more difficult situations, you know. But I'm very grateful to my predecessor, Professor David Mayer, the Honorable who moved the hospital from Jaffa Road, one of the magnificent buildings of Jerusalem, but it was too small for the hospital, to buy the across from Mount Herzl where right. we're today. And he left the upper two floors of the hospital, ninth and the tenth floor, empty because he was a great believer in the future of the city, future of immigration to Jerusalem, and he was right. And it was me for me. To build this floor which today is our birthing center the ninth floor and the tenth floor is our heart center two of our flagships and building in the building was much much more difficult than today when we build a separate building or when we completed a couple of years ago again with the generosity of friends from all over the world the next generation building because Mm -hmm. this was a building adjacent and the cancer center is adjacent to the next generation building and to the nursing school. The problem was to build in the hospital. And it takes special planning. The engineers and the builders were aware of it, that they are building in the in the building of the hospital. While they're uh, We in took the precautions here yeah, in the contract about uh, air pollution, about noise. They couldn't work today in the cancer center. They worked till 11 at night. They couldn't do it when they were in the building because, uh, you know, for the patients, it had to be... Only we get to make noise in the building
0: during the day, right? (laughs) And now the emergency room, it's also going through an expansion, The
14: emergency room is going through expansion, but again, it's going to be outside. We have now Ah. a big tent where we accommodate all our... Uh, equipment for mass casualty events. We are going to move it and to build. And this is out of the existing area of the emergency room. Boy. So it's not going to be in the building. So but smaller projects are always done in the building. A hospital right.
0: that doesn't build goes back. Right. Uh, uh, there's always projects that need funding. There's always projects that are being done. And thank God the the people that uh, we speak to generally in New York, New Jersey, has been very generous, have been very kind to Shari Medical Center, Baruch Hashem. This is true. And, uh, and, and you are discovering, based on what you told us, more and more people, new families who you know, are abroad, who are not in Israel, who want to help out, who want to help build Israel. And it's funny, and, and the Shari Tzedek example I think is unique. People really do feel they are helping to build Israel when they fund projects of yours at the hospital.
14: Look, I'm very subjective about it, but what could be more of help to the people of Israel in general, because 25% of our patients come from out of town? And to the people of Jerusalem, and then helping the largest hospital in the center of the city of Jerusalem, who treats every uh, segment of Israeli society.
0: Twenty-five yeah. percent uh-huh. comes from outside Jerusalem. From
14: outside, to our centers of excellence. Yeah. That's
0: quite a statistic. You're, you're yeah. servicing a whole area of this country.
14: Yeah. Well, our formal catchment area is still Bechemesh. Right. Uh, not more, but Shemesh already split. Some of them go to Asafarofe. Modin splits between the Tel Aviv area and right. Asafarofe and Jerusalem, but uh, all together 25 mainly to our Heart Center for Complex Catheterization. Our Department of Surgery is uh, really unique in complex liver and pancreatic surgery, surgical oncology, where patients, when they shop around, they decide to come from Kriyat Shmone, from Haifa, from Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv has excellent medical center, but for specific tasks, you know, complex eye surgery, complex abdominal surgery, sometimes complex heart surgery, definitely complex catheterizations, neurosurgery, skull base. Even neurosurgery today is divided into subspecialties. There are those who do the axial when they, God forbid, that, tumor, the cancer in the brain is in the center, or if it's on the skull base. So our head of neurosurgery happens to be one of the two leading skull base surgeons in Israel. So uh, if someone is shopping around, he lives in Be'er Sheva, and is looking for a skull base neurosurgeon. There is a very good chance that he will come to us. Unbelievable. Do you attract anybody from outside of Israel to come for surgery to Sharetzedek? I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth. We have medical tourism, and I limited it, based on aniye Ircha and aniye Iracheret, aniye Ircha Kodmim, when the poor of your city so those of your are, needy, are first. they take uh, priority right. over those from other cities. So in any... Um, medical issue where there are significant waiting lists of Israeli, I did not allow medical tourism. Now, for fertility, there are no waiting, uh, waiting lists. For daycare oncology, not for surgery. But for spinal surgery, Israelis are waiting. For cataract surgery, Israelis are waiting. It's unfair to bring medical tourism. So we have limited medical tourism, and the limit, the scope, the limiting of the scope was self-made, was done by us.
0: We're looking forward to our visit on Monday to Shari Sedek. It's always a pleasure and honor to have you on the air. And continued success in your uh, new position as president of the hospital.
14: Thank you very much, Nachum. Always a a pleasure to be here.
0: I appreciate that. Always a delight to have Professor Alevi. Tadaraban, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom and Borach. More coming up. You are listening to a Friday morning live edition of JM in the AM from Jerusalem. We are here at the Inbal Hotel in Yerushalayim. (laughs)
3: Ti rogare ya khani foah yo na ma tavo manoh jamia no mata Shne lu chota na 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 sham ya yegi hawa uva o hula bi na seven ish ma mukha lu va trouver a nous sham khal baw Shamyanu Yegi, Nana, Nana, shamor refo be kudav ya khane gor gazik owa a mama
0: J.M. and the AM as we get set to wrap up here in uh, Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim, on a Friday Erev Shabbos, candlelighting at 4.20 in New York, 4.20 in New York, Um, Mazel Tov going out to the Rosazada family. Ruben's bar Mitzvah celebration tomorrow night. To Lori and Joe, Mazalto from all of us here at JM in the AM. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM.
3: The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away. There's nothing left to do Go on home and find the gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Cause all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer there's nothing left to do Go on home and find the gift that's waiting there for you. Oh, it's time, time to, to say good chamas, cause all your work is done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say special blessings. a very special sign.
0: Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and, and the AchimSigl Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week for us. Don't forget Monday we are still here in Jerusalem. Our visit to Shari Tzedek Medical Center will be between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time starting at 1 p.m. here in Israel. Plenty coming up including of course Naomi Nachman and the table for two program Mark Zomik and the Arab Shaba show plenty of great music all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem tomorrow night Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler on Sunday it's JM Sunday with Matis beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time all the way until 9 o'clock make sure to tune in Monday we are here from Israel again we note with tremendous sadness the passing of Mr. Barry Lieben one of the greatest friends and supporters in the history of JM and the AM and the Natham Seagull Network And we are just now uh, processing this news that we heard earlier this morning. May his family be comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. Have a uh, wonderful Shabbos and great weekend, everybody. Until Monday from Jerusalem, it's Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.